welcome to Grow Ahead. Um, today we are hitting a pretty heavy topic. Um, we are going to talk about loss and how it affects us, um, things that we might try to get through it, um, and uh, kind of share our stories. We have a guest with us today, so that is super exciting. Um, Stephanie, do you want to introduce her? Sure. So today's guest um, is my sister, my yoga sister, Brittany, um, and she's going to share her story today on loss and things she has dealt with dealing with the topic. So uh, welcome, Britt. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I know each one of us has dealt with this in maybe several ways in ways that might be harder than others. Um, I'll kind of start. Uh, I have lost six very close friends of mine. Um, five of them, well, one of them before I was even 16. Um, then um, four of them before I was probably even 21. But, um, and then the last one before we even hit 40. But, and they've all been unnecessary deaths. Uh, you know, I don't want to get into too much detail because I don't want families to be upset or anything like that. But um, each and every one of them having a different place in my heart and in my life and a different role, um, it hasn't been easy. And I can definitely say it doesn't get easier with each person that you lose. And one of the things that I have taken with me is that I don't want anyone I know that I truly love and care about to, to die in vain. And so um, if I can keep a piece of them, you know, that I can carry on personality wise, or, you know, a love of something that they share. One of my friends uh, that passed away used to draw these really cute, very simple flowers. Um, like I've taught my kids how to draw those and um, just little things like that. Plus also like, you know, I teach my kids um, just different things in life by sharing their stories so that, um, you know, if somebody else can have learned from their mistake or the accident or, you know, whatever, um, then at least they have a meaning to it. And, um, Sorry, I feel like I'm gonna cry. Um, but that being said, like I think as long as we're doing something to honor that person and to teach others like from it, that um, at least there's something good coming from it. And I think even though loss and death is such a very heavy and hard topic and um, something so difficult for a lot of us to figure out, um, it's just really important to let other people know that there's no right or wrong way to to grieve um you know I've read so many things about you know like the seven steps of grieving or whatever like I don't know if you always feel every single one of those steps or enter one every single one of them and I think you just need to do handle it in the way that best suits you um and not listen to a lot of that but I think we can get into that a little bit um deeper so I know I'm kind of glossing over a lot of it, but um, I just don't want to go into a lot of detail. Like I said, just because I don't, a lot of the families, I don't know how much detail they want. And I know a lot of the families don't want their kids remembered in the way that their lives ended versus who they were when they were alive. And um, like, they were just truly amazing, loving, caring people. And um um, it's, it's sad that they're, they were taken from us, you know, far too soon. I think they could have done amazing things in this world, but, um, that's my little story. Steph, do you want to share before we get to Brittany's? Sure. Um, I was just, uh, talking to you actually about this and we talked about it a little bit on the live, uh, stream we had a few days ago on Instagram, but, um, while making this like podcast and trying to get everything together, um, I had lost my maternal grandfather and that I think hit harder than 
I anticipated it to just because he played so many roles in my life and had so many hats and you know he wasn't just my grandpa he was you know my friend he was like a mentor to me he we just had fun together and um it was really hard like when we first dealt with his loss and it still is but it, it was just I don't know like just wanting to hear them on the phone or wanting to go see them and knowing like you can't like it's always that like initial shock in the beginning, like where it's like everything kind of sets in and you realize like, okay, like this person's not here anymore. And with him, it was just, he taught me a lot of like life lessons and different things. And, you know, he'd joke around with me and he was the only person that said my name with almost like without saying the A. So it would be like Stephanie or like, <laughs> especially when he was mad, he'd be like Stephanie. Blah, and like, <laughs> I don't know it's just silly things like that you think of and I don't, I don't know that's just what helps keep me going on days where I kind of miss him or stuff like that or certain songs I hear that are like happy songs we liked you know I, I feel like music helps a lot too when you're going through stuff just because there's really like a song for everything so but he, he's never forgotten he's always like you know right here and like you know, all the memories we had together and everything, like those are never forgotten. Absolutely. And just from conversations that you and I have had, I've, you know, never got to, you know, see you interact with him or anything, but the, the stories that, you know, you've been able to share with me, um, he was definitely, he seemed like the kind of person who, um, you know, would be proud of you for doing something that, you know, maybe is off the beaten path, but just because, you know, it is something that you truly want to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He was definitely like that. And he was, he always worked hard in his life. And I know that, you know, anytime we did something or worked hard for something, he was always like, you know, proud of us or good job. That's fantastic. Um, so we're going to shift gears um, Britt, we're going to kind of let you take control of how you would like to share your story. Um, and, uh, we'll go from there. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, well, my story is about my fiance. Um, we've had like, this relationship wasn't just, you know, some ordinary relationship you know like boyfriend girlfriend you know um this was this was something real that I like never felt it was so honest very raw and that's what I loved about it even um when there was a lot of imperfections it still felt perfect to me and you know not everybody is perfect with like, especially having mental illnesses. Um, like to me, he felt like the most normal person I was ever with. Like compared to my exes, like they were, I guess normal. <laughs> but, um, but for him to have so many mental illnesses, like he felt so normal to me. It, it, it just felt so right. And so him dealing with schizophrenia, PTSD, bipolar, depression, anxiety, um, he didn't seem like he struggled because he always had a really good poker face about it. You know, he's always smiling, laughing, <laughs> being his goofy self. And you know, he hid that so well that he was hurting so much in the inside. And that's what really killed me was that like, he never opened up about that, like how he truly felt. That's what I still kind of get upset about every day, just thinking about that. And maybe I was like, well, I wish I was better. Like, I wish I knew more about it, you know, um 
Yeah, so when he came out of um, jail, um, he went to a rehab, which was in Humboldt Park, um, which was in August of 2019. Um, you know, he was doing really good. And I always told him, I'm proud of you. This is so difficult, you know, just from everything he's been through in his life, he was very strong. Like, I don't think if I weren't in his life, I don't know if he would have been alive then or, you know, because a lot of people have said, you know, he has always, well, when he was 14 years old, he, I guess that's when he started to have um, a drug addiction and alcoholism grew on him um, because all these things are happening in his life, you know, because he's adopted. He um, first uh, met his biological father and he's not a really good um, person in his life at all. He showed him uh, alcohol and drugs and where to get it type of thing. Um, so going back into 2019, um, I would say in October, um, he relapsed. He went back to drinking alcohol right when he came out of rehab. Um, I was always worried whenever he drank alcohol because he has so many medications. Like, I don't know what is going to happen to him. And if he drank alcohol with all those and, you know, cause I was always mad at him when he would drink. And I said, you know, don't do that. You know, I, I don't want to lose you. And, um, other times, um, I guess that happened in the month of October. Um, I was not aware he he hid that so well. Um, I guess he he shot up heroin. Um, my guess is three times or he either met somebody in jail that has heroin and like I don't know what happened when he was in jail like I don't know like behind the scenes you know he seemed so fine when he would call me or like when I visit him in jail um you know he's always happy to see me I was the only one that made him smile um, he never really smiled for his mom, so I don't really blame him. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, because um, there were times he would send me messages. He would say, you know, I don't feel so good. I feel sick. Um, I have a fever of 101 degrees. And I said, you know, okay, just stay home, you know. Um, I don't want to ruin, like, ruin your health or anything, <laughs> you know, just take care of yourself, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't want to disturb anything, and um, so right after Halloween, I guess November, um, he was just acting a little bit more distant, he didn't really want to be around me as much. Um, I knew there was something going on, but I didn't want to like be in that mindset of like, you know, oh my God, he's, you know, he's doing this or that, you know, I didn't want to jump into conclusions right away. Um, yeah, he, one time um, I was just looking through his car um, cause he had a lot of garbage in his car. He was a messy person, you know, and I'm like, come on, let's clean your car out. You know, um, 
and he was like, no, I don't, I don't want to clean up my car, this and that. And I said, it's just garbage. And um, so I, I found that he had like a, what is it, a cigarette machine, like that rolls it for you. And all that big bag of tobacco in his car. And I'm like, really? You're smoking again? You know, I didn't like when he'd smoke because, I mean, I have asthma, um, which came from smoke and all that, you know, affecting my life. Um, so I get pretty mad at him. I, when he had the cigarette in his mouth, took it out of his mouth, threw it. I said, don't do that. <laughs> um, and then he said he was going to an outpatient program that day, I guess. Um, and I said, okay, you want me to come with you? You know, like, it's like moral support, you know, I love to go for you. And, you know, he said, no, got mad when I got in his car. I sat in his car, you know, and um, yeah, I, he was in some mood and I'm like, okay, I'll give you space. Um, hopefully I'll see you the next day. And um, drove off. Um, I didn't really hear from him that night. Um, so I guess that for the next day, he was supposed to come over and he never did. Um, I was waiting for him at home and he, he just texted me. He's like, oh, I feel sick again. Um, and I said, it's okay if you can't come, you know, I want you to be healthy, you know, take care of yourself. Um, and he starts doubting in our relationship, you know, and he's like, um, keeps second guessing things. And he was just like, oh, are you sure you still want to be with me, this and that? Or he would say, um, I think you don't want to be with me, this and that. He, yeah, he's getting a little loopy there. And, um, and I said, what, what got, what went in your head? You know, what, what, what made you start thinking about this stuff? You know, um, everything seemed fine before. Um, and his last words, his last message he sent me was, you did nothing wrong. And I didn't want to think about it that much, but like, I didn't want to worry, but I was worried. <laughs> um, I'm like, maybe he's just, I don't know, maybe, maybe he's just, maybe he's just a little drunk. I don't know. Don't overreact. He'll be okay. Uh, next day, I don't hear from him at all. Um, I did send him messages. I said, are you okay? You know, um, I hope um, I hope that I can see you again. And um, nothing, no response at all. Um, I just kept spamming him messages. Um, nothing. Um, so the next day after that, which was a Tuesday, um, November 5th, um, still no message from him. Um, I'm like, okay, maybe he might be, um, I don't know if he's back in jail. Maybe he's in rehab. Maybe he's in the hospital. Um, that's happened before. He, um, he was in a hospital uh, three times. Uh, because he had three suicide attempts of um, overdosing on his medication. Um, I know I'm, I don't mean to be a little bit off topic, but there was another uh, thing that happened with him was uh, he did video call me one time. This was back in 2018 of November. Um, video called me, I answered. Um, Next thing I see is him laying on the floor. He's laying on the floor, the bathroom floor, pills on the floor. And I said, what's happening? You know, are you okay? Oh my God, you know? 
and and I see his mom in, in the in the background and she's like no come on let's go we're gonna go to the hospital and you know I didn't know what he was doing that day that kind of freaked me out and I'm like god what happens when I'm not around like that's scary and I don't I don't ever want to like remember him in that way you know um because I know he's a very strong person he he's very um very empathetic he's oh um but then going back uh okay so forward to November 5th 2019 um I get a call in the morning from his mom and she tells me Joey passed away and I'm like what you know this can't be happening um I'm like I'm so sorry um I didn't know what to say that day to his mom there's no words I remember when I hung up I I fell to the floor screaming why. <laughs> I said, why? Why did this have to happen to me? He was the best thing that happened in my life. And he's gone. And I didn't know how to tell my mom about it. So, so I went up to my mom my other sister and I said he's dead They're, they couldn't believe it I still can't believe it you know um, so you know, everything just stopped for me uh, he, he was like the best thing I ever had in my life. And um, he was the only one that was ever uh, truly committed to me. Like we always talked about getting married. We always wanted to have, have our own family and stuff. You know, we always talked about that and now that he's gone, it's like I have I don't know what to do. Um, and and when it came uh, to the wake, um, there was just I, you know, I don't ever want to see him just. It just, it's kind of, it's just scarring just to see him in a casket, you know? Um, I touched his hands. It felt like he didn't even feel human. They just felt like he was made of clay. And I couldn't believe it, you know? I never really thought about this, like, happening so quick and and my friend was supposed to come to his wake and she never did um she lied to me and said um she had another wake to attend to and I knew from the start that was bullshit. Um, she was, I guess, sex was more important than being there for me. And that really sucked because I always consider her as my friend, my best friend, and she couldn't even do one thing for me. Um, anyways, um, uh, 
I know telling that. Oh, go ahead, hon. Sorry. No, you're oh. okay. Um, so I walked up to his casket again. Um, we always had a song. I played it by his ear. I played it off of my phone and um, there was Peanut Butter Waffles by Ryan Caraveo, favorite um, rapper, my favorite too. <laughs> um, we would always sing that song in his car. And I just think of all the memories we had. Being stupid in the car, you know, just being dumb kids, you know. Um, I always think to myself, I'll never have that with anybody else. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people were looking at me weird um, when I did that, when I played the song. Um, but like, that was our thing. That was our thing. And I'm not trying to be mean about my dad or anything. Um, but like my mom's boyfriend was there longer for me um, when it came to my fiance. Um, when I got to see him one last time before the funeral um, and I couldn't stay, like I wasn't part of the family. So um, I couldn't stay with them just to have one last uh, look at him. So we had a rush and then I couldn't help. Um, so I, I just bawled my eyes out and I, I just hugged my mom's boyfriend because he was more of like a support to me. And, I'm, and our dad could even, my dad couldn't even stay for like five minutes and it killed, oh, I had work. I'm not important, you know. This is a huge thing happening to me and he couldn't stay for that long. And so I, so I just, you know, I consider my mom's boyfriend to be more of a father figure to me than my own dad. And I had like, just after all of that, his funeral, everything, I didn't even get out of bed. It was, you know, there's, I just felt, I was in that mindset where there's nothing for me to wake up to, you know, I don't get messages anymore saying I love you or just good morning, anything. And I just sat there just crying, just listening to all the songs that remind me of him. And there were days I didn't even, like, I didn't even care about my health. I didn't care about myself at all. Uh, I, there are days I just didn't even shower. It was hard for me to get up and just brush my teeth because like, it felt like my happiness was gone. He was my true happiness. And I, I mean, to this day, I still do uh, sleep with his sweatshirt in my bed. That don't go anywhere. It goes nowhere. I keep it on my bed. And like, that's the part of depression that a lot of people don't understand is that like, it's just sometimes it's kind of hard for me to take care of myself because I was gonna spend the rest of my life with that person. And I had to cut off a lot of people 
because they didn't they didn't get it they didn't understand it um a lot of people um were cut off by me because they just they either disrespected him or they disrespected me um oh yeah I had a lot of messages they're like oh I'm glad he's dead um it's just that's not right you know um I said get out of my life I don't need you um I don't care if you liked him or you didn't like him he is still part of me and I just you know I just feel that you need to go I don't need you and then what else happened um um I think that these people planned like to attack me personally because of because you know I'm his significant other and they think that I'm the reason why that he died and so they sent me a bunch of death threats on my birthday um all over my social media um now I'm like, well, happy birthday to me. <laughs> um, yeah, I I wanted to die that day. That just did it for me. And I'm like, man, it's, it's like everyone believes a rumor or a lie that just circulates with everything that goes on. And I know that it's not true because I would have said something if they if somebody wanted to know about something I'm an open book I will let you know um about anything I wouldn't hide anything so it was just awful that day I have a hard time trusting people nowadays because of that happening and I always keep my guard up 24 seven. Um, and I do tell people about my fiance, uh, his passing really affected me. And well, I guess I do kind of use it as a loaded gun because I'd rather have somebody know about it first than for me to hide it as a secret because that person was very important to me. He'll always be a part of my life and I have to live with that for the rest of my life. And I don't know who would deal with someone like me with a bunch of emotional luggage. Um, but yeah, he passed away from an overdose on heroin and a little bit of cocaine in his system. And that is my story. Oh, sorry, I cried a whole bunch during that. Um, thank you for being so open and honest and um, for someone who claims to be guarded you just let your guard down and you were vulnerable in front of whoever watches this and sorry um if anyone hears this and you could help them by knowing that um so I don't know Britt personally, but as you can see, she has artwork behind her and she does amazing artwork and <laughs> she is continuing life and sorry. <laughs> um, no matter what, like you still are a light to, to your family, to, to other people. Um, and I can't thank you enough for being so open and raw with your story. Um, I 
feel horrible that people, one, people don't understand mental illness at all. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Um, people don't know what goes on behind the scenes in that. And so many people can put on a brave face and try and get through a day um, without anyone knowing. And um, to love someone and be there for someone who does struggle with that, I, I personally cannot imagine what you have on your shoulders even today. Um, and I hope that as time goes on and as life goes on, you can start to release. Just from telling your story, you can tell that there's some internal guilt that you feel. And I hope that you can find a way to let some of that go. Um, you were there and you loved him and it's not your fault. Um, but uh, like I said, there is no timeline on grieving. There is no right or wrong way to do it. And um, it, like, as long as you can talk about it and, um, you know, let people who love you be there for you, how, even if you have to spell out exactly what you need from them, um, I know that you'll be able to get through it, um, but don't let people tell you like, you know, that you should be over it or you're probably never going to be over it. Um, you're probably going to be 80 years old and still love him just as much as you do today, even if you have someone else in your life and, um, that's okay. And, um, no one should tell you any different. So I cannot thank you enough for being brave to tell that story. I appreciate that. Even just from knowing you and being around you during those times of, you know, finding out you know, he's no longer with us and what, you know, that looked like after, you know, and, you know, the months after that and for you just being as young as you are and, you know, especially when it happened, like, I'm sure that there's so many people, you know, that would love to hear your story and gain something from it and maybe even, you know, went through a similar situation and, you know, need that someone else to say that like you know I'm still here I'm still going like you know it's not every day is great but I'm doing it and you know I'm gonna face some struggles when I do and like I said not every day is gonna be perfect and I think that you sharing all that you have and being open and you know being transparent even when it's not easy and it's not something that you know, maybe some, a few people might not understand, you're still out here sharing it. And I'm really proud of you just for, you know, the person that you are today and continuing to go on and continuing to work at your amazing art skills. And, you know, I think that those are things that have helped gotten you through the hard stuff. And I don't know if there was one thing that like you could tell somebody else who might be going through this or just anyone in general, what would you say right now to them? Um, I guess I would say, um, well, honestly, I don't know what to tell them. Just let it happen, I guess. Um, like, but the thing is that don't try to physically harm yourself. And, you know, because think about all the people around you that love you, that actually love you, not pretend. Um, like, think about your family really do um, because they are your true friends they will always be by your side 24 7 um, even though if they don't get it they're there 
they they always love you and just do like whatever makes you happy whether it be you know writing something or just or like what I do create artwork um listen to music even if some of it kind of hurts you know like certain songs um remind you of somebody do listen to that even though it makes you think of them so much and all the memories good and bad just really sit down and listen to it and because in the end one of those things will be your medicine you do have something to live for um as horrible um these things were don't try to think about them as much um really distract yourself from those things and And just kind of figure yourself out, you know. Um, really find uh, find what you're really what all your strengths are. Um, and because just being a human we actually have all these powers like to just to do whatever we want like just really really just i don't know how to <laughs> describe that but like you know we have the ability to just to really change all that negativity um, and really just accept it for what it is and try not to feel guilty because, um, well, been there, done that. Um, I've always felt guilty about it and and kind of like where I do tend to blame myself or or I would blame others um, for what happened. Um, well, I'm not gonna lie about this. I did blame a few people for my fiance's death. Um, I blame his biological father. I blamed his biological father's girlfriend and this other person that he knows um, who basically used him. Um, like, yeah. Um, yeah, I still do blame them. <laughs> um, but I mean, if anything, don't beat yourself up about it because in the end, you know the truth. You know what happened. Um, and that's all that matters. Your truth matters. Um, just really, um, just, you know, just have some self care. Even if it does, even, even if you think, it's selfish, it's not. Um, it doesn't hurt. If you just wanna be alone, you just wanna be alone, you know? And people shouldn't take it personal, you know? And just really sit down and think, just think. It doesn't have to be about a specific thing. It could be just anything. Yeah.
wanted to be. Um, yeah, I, I guess I don't really have a specific advice, but I mean, just really focus on yourself. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Was there anything that people um, did <clears throat> or maybe didn't do while you were grieving that you wish they would have? Um, I guess like not be selfish, like not be self-centered. Um, I mean, this was something that was happening to me and I had friends that really made it about themselves and it wasn't trying to they weren't trying to be like empathetic they they didn't really get into my shoes they just pretended that it was happening to them rather than just saying you know oh I'm so like I'm sorry that like this is happening to you this and that blah 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 um you know um she just Yeah, like made it about herself when um like I was going through the gigs, you know, like this is what real depression is, this is what it does. Uh she didn't understand that. And she pretended she had depression. Um you know, I don't respect people that lie about having mental illness. Um, it's just, I don't know, I, I find that to be very offensive or pretend to be suicidal. It's, you, you look, you just look stupid. And it's like not, it's not a joke. And my ex-friend's boyfriend pretended to be suicidal. I don't know if it was just like a jab at me or something. It was just, it was just really disrespectful. And for him to say that when he's in a public place, like, calm down. Um, not everything's about you. Um, and you, you just, it's just really offensive. And I don't have respect for people like that. And it's just, you know, I don't know why they they try to be in my situation. Um, I don't know why they want to. It's not fun. It sucks. I hate it. Um, it's like the worst place to be in, especially mentally, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't realize, like, like you had said, like when somebody's saying, you know, I'm suicidal or messing around and pretending mm -hmm. to be, you know, I'm depressed or stuff like that. It, and the same when people say, you know, like the people that battle with anxiety and, and someone says, oh my God, I'm having a panic attack, but they're not. It, it's, you know, it's almost making fun of or making a mockery of those who do struggle with those things. So it is frustrating because you're like, this isn't a joke, but, and I think when people pass away, people don't realize that people aren't just, um, there's, it's not just black and white. There's a big, you know, gray area as people, like we all make mistakes. We all get angry at some point in our lives. You know, we, um, maybe do things that aren't the best or that we're proud of but the thing is is like we're also full of good things and joy and like things we like and all those things and I think when we have a certain relationship with people like good or bad I've seen it mostly with you know bad relationships or whatever but you know we always want to look at the negative or you know what's what we didn't do or what you know this is but at the end of the day when somebody's gone you're not looking at all the mistakes they made or how they made you mad you, you look at who they were as a person and the impact they made on your life and 
you know, you think about like where you might have been if they, you know, weren't in your life. And I think that those things are more important than, you know, who is right or, you know, making a mistake. And I think that you saw that side of him and, you know, when other people didn't. And I think that's always hard, you know, when passing um, everyone's relationship with people is so different. You know, maybe your relationship with him was amazing and other people, you know, can't say the same thing, but you know, everyone's relationship with people is so different. And, you know, you shouldn't have to feel a certain way or pretend to act a certain way, you know, just feel how you feel. I don't know what happened to Nicole. Um, I think we might've lost her in this podcast at some point, but uh, did you have anything else to say, Britt? Um... Hmm. Well, for those who are suffering, um, who has a similar story to mine, I just really want to say, you know, keep your head up. Good things will happen. They'll come your way. Um, don't force positive things into your life. Just let it come to you naturally. Let God decide for you. Um, and just, you know, really take care of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't really know what else to say. Um, well, thank you for being our first guest on Grow Ahead, Brit. And we appreciate you sharing your story and being honest and open about all this. Um, and until uh, next week, uh, have courage to grow through life and not just go through life. Bye guys. Bye.